everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G, here with Big Rick, Ricky Van Asselberg, owner of Rougarou Baseball. We're going to talk sports, which all of you know is not my specialty, but after tonight, it might be a little bit better. Um, big shout out to our sponsors, Triton Stone and Falaya Real Estate. Without further ado, Ricky, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Patty. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, when, when Casey told me about what was going on and what y'all had happening in the Baton Rouge area and what y'all got started, I just, I knew how to get you on the show, man. So what, what are you? Who are you? Well, you know, we're a lot of <laughs> things, I guess. <clears throat> you know, we, uh, we're a Texas Collegiate League baseball team. We play primarily in Texas and uh, South Louisiana. There's no teams up North Louisiana. Uh, the league's been in existence for over 22 years. Um, actually, when I got into the league three years ago, I spent most of my career in pro ball. But uh, a guy talked me into coaching one summer, and I fell in love with these college kids. And when we had a chance to buy the team in Baton Rouge and come back home, you know, that's what we did. So we just now – we moved down here in November, sold the farm, I guess you'd say, <laughs> literally. <clears throat> moved here from Arlington, and uh, now we're here just trying to put a baseball team together and, and – Man, I tell you, it's, it's been so awesome. So many people have taken us in with open arms and just been great and, you know, doing stuff like this and hanging out, getting ready for baseball seasons coming up. The players are reporting tomorrow, so it's getting real exciting. So you said you played pro ball back in the day. What's what's your backstory? Where would you come from? Well, actually, I was uh, raised around the Alexandria area. Okay. And I uh, went to college in Shreveport and then uh, played a little bit with the Baltimore Orioles and, Played a bit of independent ball, played in, you know, Dominican, Mexico, overseas, stuff like that. So, been a little bit all over, you know, and then started managing in 2006. Uh, managed for uh, 10 seasons in the minor leagues and uh, retired in 2016 and thought I was done with baseball. <laughs> and, man, bless God bless my wife. She uh, she taught me back in the – to getting back into it because I was riding around the golf course looking at the horses and drinking beer, and she said that wasn't going to fly. <laughs> you had to do something a little more yeah, active than I, that. I was, I was very active. You know, I could tell you when the horse needed to drink and yeah. and uh, when he wanted to eat and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things that the good Lord put us, you know, in, in, in the right situation. And, uh, you know, it's a, big, it's a big difference between pro ball and college baseball. And, uh, you know, but these kids changed my life, man. I'll be honest with you. They, they – I guess they say they refueled the fire, you know, back how these they, they want to win. They want to play hard. They enjoy the game. They're not just playing for numbers to get to the big leagues and stuff like that. So, you know, we're all in, and uh, we're here in Baton Rouge. I mean, what better baseball town could you be in than Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Oh, 100% with LSU right oh, there. Oh, man. Mean, especially the fan, the LSU baseball fans. I know during baseball season they're out there nonstop for the games and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's our key. We hoping that the – you know, the Tiger fans become Rougarou friends. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of good friends out there that – that uh, actually, I've managed quite a few guys that played for LSU. You know, Greg Smith, uh, Micah Gibbs, um, me and Warren Morris are real good friends, Ronnie Rance. Uh, so, I got a, a real good ties to LSU and a lot, of, a lot of guys that just love baseball. And actually, all them guys have came in to support the Rougarou and put us in the right position to meet the right people and – and it's baseball, and it's, it's summer baseball, and it's college players. It's, you know, players from all over the country, from all different colleges. And the only problem was, you know, we got in here late. So most of the players from LSU and from Southeastern and stuff like that, they were already placed. They Those players usually get placed like in September. Okay. So we didn't get the team till November. So it's been real hard, you know, finding local players. So what we decided to do – we went outside the box. So we started looking at teams that wasn't in this area. Uh, for example, like at LSUE, the junior college over in Eunice, they had a couple kids that went to Catholic High and went to Denham. Uh, we signed uh, – actually, we signed Ben McDonald's son. So uh, what we did, we started trying to find guys that were going to school away from Baton Rouge to bring them home so their families could see them play. Yeah. You know, because if a kid goes to school in, in Alabama and somebody lives in – their family lives in Baton Rouge, you know, they might get to see them play, you know, what, two series a summer? I mean, a winter or fall, spring, whatever it is. But if you bring them home in the summer, then they get to spend time with their family on the off days. Their family gets to come, you know, see them play. And 
and uh, just be in the community. I mean, you know, we do a lot of stuff in the community. We've been. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been seeing y'all all over the place. Yeah, in we're the last couple of days everywhere. We're from. We've been to, how do they say it, Mall Paul, <laughs> Maripaul, Maripaul, yeah. <laughs> so we've been down. We went down there, made some good friends down there. We've done several different golf tournaments. We've been to Gonzales. Mm-hmm. We've been to Prairieville. We're doing all kinds of stuff in the community. And uh, so these kids, when you get to tell these people around that that these guys are coming home to play summer baseball, and they're so excited to come home and play in front of their family. You know, their grandmas are gonna get to see them, their grandpas, their uncles, their aunts, their cousins. And uh, that's what it's all about. At the, at the bitter end, it's, it's about the kids. It's about, you know, people that love baseball in the community and um, stuff like that. We got so much stuff going on in the community. I could sit here and talk forever. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get to a, a lot of that, but I want to learn a little bit more about the, the Texas League. What exactly is the Texas? Because when I think of baseball, I think of while well, they're at the university, they're playing during the season, and then you have summer. So I guess, I mean, I knew of, of high school summer ball, but I didn't know that was something in college that took place. Yeah, so what happens is <clears throat> these kids, when they're freshmen and sophomores, they don't get a lot of playing time, most of them. Yeah, so what well, especially they, during, this, during the season. Right, right? so what they, what they did, they started creating these collegiate summer leagues so these younger players could go play and get extra at-bats and get ready for the fall season when they go back to school. So a kid might get, say, 10 of 20 at-bats as a freshman at Arkansas. Well, he'll come here and he'll get 100 at-bats for the summer. So when he goes back in the fall, you know, he's ready to go. So he's getting more reps, more, you know, more teaching, more coaching. Uh, same way with pitchers. You get a, a pitcher that comes in here, he – especially like a red-shirt red freshman, he ain't thrown since he was a senior in high school. And especially competitively. So, you know, you bring them in here and they just basically they get more reps. And and then the fun part about it is you bring in kids from all over the country, just like you would at, at a college or in pro ball. You know, they might be from California and one might be from Arizona and one might be from New York. And we got one from Hawaii. You know, it's just oh, wow. So you put them all together and then you start seeing them jail and then they get to play. And then, hey, it's summer baseball, but they're still playing for a championship ring. And at the end of the day, they're out there competing and they're learning and they're getting better. And uh, so that's that's what they started doing with the summer collegiate leagues. And because a long time ago, it was mainly just the Cape Cod League and the Northwoods League and, and uh, I think the Jayhawk League. When I, I mean, that was back when I played. But now they got probably six or seven different leagues out there. And, and I'd say we're in the top three for sure. Okay. And so it's focusing more on the individual athlete as opposed to a team as a whole, I guess? Well, pretty much when it comes from the college coach's standpoint, yeah. it's about his player. Okay. And and but when they get here, it's just human nature. Yeah, it's a, it's a team. Yeah. It's a team yeah. sport for yeah. sure. But if a, if a coach is saying, "Hey, go play for Ruguru," right, they're wanting to make sure that specific athlete stays active. Correct. During the Correct. And a lot okay. of times they'll tell you, you know, if hey, I need to get him thirty innings this summer, so. You do whatever you got to do to get him 30 innings. And uh, sometimes they'll be like, hey, we only want him to pitch 15 innings. So you don't want to throw him 15 innings in the first month because then he's done for the next two months. So right. it's a lot of strategy that goes into it. You know, it's 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 exciting and, and teaching and – it's, it's it's way different than what I've ever managed before, but uh, right because like for I guess for a normal school league for during like like for example LSU season they're focused on that season right there that season alone right and they're trying to get the team as good as they can right but then when it comes to summer league they're wanting you know they're people like you said who didn't have as many at bats or as many you know play t- as much play time to actually get that play time right. outside of a regular practice right because right. you know, they can pra- they can practice all, all day, day with their team yeah. but it's not the same as playing it competitively and then you throw in people who aren't your teammates and now you've got you know a whole scramble of kids going and now they're actually playing real baseball yeah they're they're out there competing and they're you know they're playing in front of you know a thousand people in front of fans oh, wow. yeah i mean so it's basically you they're getting out there and they're, they're getting the coaching and the teaching, but they're also getting to play live baseball, something that they didn't get to do a lot of, you know, as a freshman or a sophomore. And uh, and then it becomes so exciting because the fans come in there and, hey, you know, we have a big thing with the host families. And uh, so these kids go out and they'll live with these families in the community. Okay. <clears throat> and, and so now these host families fall in love with these kids. And, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. Time and time again, they'll be going to their graduations. They'll go to their weddings, and they it just it just comes, and it builds that community, yeah, it becomes, right? Yeah, and the whole community gets involved. So now, 
they're coming out to the games and they're cheering for somebody that they know personally. You know, hey, that's my kid. That's my boy. You know, and then next next thing you know, ten more people come, and then ten more, and then they tell him, you know, Uncle Johnny over here, yeah, Yo, you ought to come see Seth because he was at the barbecue that Sunday. And that's how it gets into the community. And and they go to these kids' travel ball games. And and our players, they're just all out in the community. And, that, and that's what it takes to make our organization special. Because at the end of the day, it's about baseball. But it's about changing these kids' lives. Yeah. And that's – I was going to get to that as how – what happens logistically with the kids. Like you said, y'all are bringing them in from everywhere. Let's – you know, a kid like – y'all said you got a kid from Hawaii on the mm-hmm. team. So if his family's not here – what does that look like for that kid? So that kid will come in and, and he'll live with a host family and uh, they'll provide him a bed and a room and they'll, you know, wa- they'll give him a washing machine. He'll wash his own yeah, clothes. So he'll just, he'll just live with them. And how do y'all, how do y'all go about finding those specific families? Oh man. So we have a, um, a thing on our website you can go to and check out the host family program that we have. And you fill out a questionnaire and uh, we make sure that, you know, there's nobody out there wanting to <laughs> put them in handcuffs, I guess you'd say. Right. But uh, – and we call them and we kind of interview them and we talk to them and we try to put the best kid with the best fit. <clears throat> Most of the time they'll keep a couple kids because it gives them, you know, somebody to hang out with you know, at, when, they're, when they're by themselves because most of the time the parents are working and the guys wake up alone and then they'll go to the gym. So a lot of times host families will keep two kids. And uh, I can tell you I've never had one family – not be happy or not be so excited about. I mean, I can tell you right now, 99% of them will cry like children when them kids leave to go back to college. Uh, yeah, I mean, they get that that so much oh. time with them during the summertime. I mean, they don't have to worry about schooling or unless they're taking summer classes, I guess. Right. But for the most part, it's just sports. I mean, just baseball and, hanging and out. coming back home and hanging out. Right, yeah. right. We uh, Honestly, that's a true story. Me and my wife, <clears throat> our first host kid was Xavier Moore that plays at Southern University. And uh, – we uh, when we he called me when we were in Texas, and I was like, "All right, yeah, yeah, yeah." And well, the coach called me and said, "Hey, he can really swing it." And I was like, "Really?" And he's from Louisiana, and I'm in Texas, you know. And I'm I was tired of getting beat in Texas. I wanted some Louisiana boys over there, so I uh, I told my wife, I said, "Look, this kid needs a host family, and we're out of host families. You think we could keep him?" And she's like, "Oh, I don't know about that. You know, I'm, we've never she's never done that." And mm-hmm. I was like. I was like, look, you know, he he don't have nowhere to go. I said, but I guess I'll call and tell him he can't play. You know, he just had a death in the family, and but it'll be. She was like, you call that baby and tell him to come on. <laughs> well, we we drove to Shreveport to pick him up, <laughs> and he gets in the car. And my wife's like, Xavier, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. And she he was like. I ain't lost nobody. And I was like, oh, God. She looked at me. I, said, I, comes yeah. out. I, said, I promise you, somebody passed away sometime <laughs> in his life. So, and that so was a little coercion yeah, there. But we, hey, we got him, and he's been with us for four years now. That's incredible. And that year we hosted five kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, so my wife fell in love with it. She loves taking care of them boys. And, uh, I mean, I call them boys. They're young men. But to me, they're just – and they just, like I said, they changed our lives. That's why we decided to buy the Rougarou and come to South Louisiana and be at home and we're basically where we belong. So what was that kind of process like? I mean, you're buying a baseball team, right? So what did what all went into that, you know, deal, that transaction to make it happen? So what happened? COVID. Basically, okay. COVID. Really? Yeah, COVID happened. Man, that Bud Light's good. By Mockler <laughs> Beverage <laughs> Company. Um so what happened was COVID hit and I was actually coaching over in Lafayette and uh, the guy that owned the team in 2019, they only played, they got here like a month before the season started because in 2019 we had a team drop out and we already had the schedule made. So all the owners got together and was like, look, we got to put a team on the field somewhere so we don't lose no games. Cause that's, you know, that's a lot of money out there. So Baton Rouge was the perfect place. So they just threw a team together, and they came down here, and uh, they were they were all from Texas, a great group of guys. And uh, then COVID hit, so he contacted me because he knew, you know, that I wanted if I was going to do it, I want to do it. I want to be fully in. Well, let me right. rephrase it. My wife did. <laughs> so um, he called and he uh, asked if we was interested, and I was like, No, I'm good. And then he kept on. He asked me probably two or three times during the season. Wow. And uh, finally my wife had talked to me and uh, 
she was like, when you opened up your first sports bar, did you know what you was doing? I was like, not a chance. And she was like, what about when you opened your first restaurant? Did you? And I said, nope. She said, like, what about when you was in L.A. writing a movie? Did you know anything about that? I said, no. She said, like, well, the moment you start a baseball team, you know everything about that. And I was like, all right, then let's do it. So we did it, and uh, I didn't know nothing about it, and I still don't know nothing about it, but we're trying to make it work. I love that. So wait, wait. You just said three things I didn't know about you. <laughs> you had a sports bar, yeah. a restaurant, yeah. and you directed a movie. Well, I didn't direct it. I, I co-wrote it. Co-wrote? Okay. Let's start with the sports bar. What was it and where was it? Uh, it was Big Rick Sports Bar and Grill in Alexandria, Louisiana. Go A-Town. Love it. Love <clears> it. Um, and then I had Big Rick's Home Run Cafe in Shreveport, Louisiana. And then I had Burger Bar LA in Los Angeles. Okay. That, that's a big jump. Wait, so Burger Bar LA in Los Angeles was another restaurant? It was a food truck. Food truck. Okay. Why, why, why LA? Why go from Louisiana to LA? Well, I was out there. I was, we was trying to finish up the movie and the movie's called high and outside. High and outside. Okay. Uh, uh, baseball movie. Uh, you can, by the way, you can watch it on Amazon prime five ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> so a little shameless plug there. Love it. <laughs> I need to make that money, brother. But, uh, so we were out there and, uh, I'd had the lead actor with me for almost two years and uh i was actually coaching in winter ball out in uh palm springs california so he would come in and we would work with him and we'd put him in some games and i'd make him dip copenhagen just so i could watch him throw up every day you know look <laughs> no no offense against california but he's a little pretty boy from actually he's from chicago but okay good dude one of my best friends and uh so we became real close and uh he called me one day and uh, he was like, man, what do you think about getting into the food truck business? He said, I know you, you know, in the restaurant business and you're a chef and you can do all this. He's like, won't you come out? We got to finish the movie. We got the red carpet coming up and uh, a lot of big time actors in our movie as well. You know, Ernie Hudson, Jeffrey Lewis. Um, so I was like, all right, dude, I'll come out there and check it out. So we went out there, we finished up the movie and uh, we bought a food truck and we started selling gourmet burgers, and, man, it took off like crazy. And uh, I'm from Louisiana, the real L.A. Right. And finally I was like, look, man, I love L.A., but I got to get back to my L.A. Yeah. So uh, he took the food truck over, kept, kept it going, and it's, I think it's still they still rolling today. Really? Yeah. So uh, So how, how long ago was it? What was the year? Let's see. That was in 2017, I think. Okay. Something like that. So you had two restaurants and a food truck at the same time? No, I couldn't. Ain't no way. So I had the the sports bar in 2000, opened it in 2007. And uh, the restaurant opened up in 2010. And uh, the food truck opened up in 2000, I think 16 or 17, somewhere in there. Okay. So you had these these, these three different restaurant concepts. Yeah. And then you moved back into baseball. But you were a player beforehand, right? Yeah. So I really, I, so what happened? I, I played. So when I played, I I was all over the place. You know, I'd kind of play it, you know, in the states, and then I'd go play winter ball somewhere. So when I got through with all that, when I started managing, I was on, I was only thirty one years old. So I, I knew I was going to need something for a fallback plan. You know, like a retirement plan instead of, you know, I was only thirty one. I ain't gonna be drawing no retirement no time soon. Right. So when it wasn't baseball season, I didn't want to just be sitting around the house and doing nothing. So, yeah, you know, I always wanted to. Have, there, actually, to be honest with you, the baseball field was right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. So the, the baseball field was on one side of the street. Yeah. And there was this old condemned building on the opposite, right across the road. And I was like, man, I could make some money right there during baseball season. I could just have all the fans just come over to the bar after every game. And uh, so we went in, bought the building, remodeled it. And so what I would do when the visiting teams would come in, I would feed them and my players for free over to the sports bar because with them comes the ambiance. Right, right, right. And uh, their their families and everybody oh, else. Oh, it worked like crazy. And then the fans <laughs> would come. And so that's what kind of got that spinning. Well, then next thing you know, they send me to Dagum, Shreveport, Louisiana. Moved, you know, I moved up a level. So now I'm in Shreveport and I'm trying to run a business in Alexandria. And uh, what I do, I open up a, a, a restaurant over there like an idiot by uh, right by. 
happened when you come out of Barstow Air Force Base, actually in Bozier, right on the corner, they had a lot. And I'm like, man, them soldiers, they coming out of there. This would be a perfect spot. So I went for it, and we remodeled it. And Which, when I say we remodeled, I didn't hire it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it. And uh, you, had, you had a crew come in and do it. Yeah, me and my kids and anybody else I could find to work for cheap. I love it. But I mean, I, I, it. I do got some carpenter skills, so, you know, that, that helped I, out a lot. I love, I love the, the tenacity and entrepreneurial spirit to see something that's missing that could fit in and take off and then actually act on it. That, I think, is the best part. Because a lot of people say, oh, a lot of Air Force people come out of there might, might be needing food. Or, oh, having a visiting team over next across the street from the baseball right. field might turn out well. Right. But actually, you know, getting out there and acting on it and doing it and chasing it is what I find amazing. Yeah, my wife don't like me to get bored <laughs> at all. You know, Sandy Gill will tell you, she's like, don't let him get bored because he'll be into something. But it really, it, I mean, to be successful in life, you got to take chances. Absolutely. And, and you know, I – I tell all these kids, I tell my own kids, you know, that's why I love baseball so much. It's just like life. You know, you can be on top of the world one minute and then you could be on the bottom in a split second, you know, like that. So, you know, with the thing with the with the restaurant Shreveport across from the Air Force Base, you know, them guys only get 30 minutes for lunch. So that what's hamburger, taco or something. Something quick. Yeah. So what I did, I put like a little like we have all over South Louisiana. You know, you could go in there and get a plate lunch, boom, 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 get a night. You could, and I had like five different entrees, seven different vegetables, two breads, a tea, boom. You come in and get there, eat, get to, you know, get out in 20 minutes. Yeah. So you're not getting fast food, and, and it worked a lot. I mean, it worked real good. And and then, sure as shit, and what happens? They send me to Grand Prairie, Texas. And I'm like, my God. So just, just, just when things just, get going good. Yeah, <laughs> just when, but I think, you know, I honestly believe that's what the good Lord does. You know, He don't. For in my life anyway, he never he he knew where I needed to be. He knew yeah. what my as well as he let me do in the restaurant business and and all these different things. It's all because of baseball is what brought me there, you know. And and it wasn't it was the people behind me is what made me good. It's you know like all the champion I won eleven championships and the championships I won wasn't because of me. Right. Because I had good players. I mean I had good coaches. I mean, coaching anybody that's ever coached anything, they'll tell you if you win, you got good players. If you lose, you're you're not a good coach. That's just the nature of the beast. So when they moved me to Grand Prairie, you know, I was like, man, what am I going to do over here? You know, a taco <laughs> shop or something. I didn't know nothing about Dallas, Texas. And uh, thank God I, I, I stayed. I still lived in Shreveport. So I kept the restaurant and I worked over there. And then, uh, when I finally got things going over there, I ended up in Connecticut. So, wow, yeah, all over the world, man. So you haven't even stayed put for very long anywhere. No, that's why I was so excited to move back to Baton Rouge. Yeah, and actually make and be be an owner of something. You control where people go, right? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. That's my whole crew over there, and they tell me what to do. <laughs> you just show up. <laughs> I just show up, and I tell them how good they look every day, and try to be positive. And I got a, you know, I got a good staff. I got a real good general managers, good assistant general managers, great interns. I think we got 10 or 12 interns from LSU. Uh, four or five of them was with us last year over in Lafayette. Uh, you know, my wife does all the social media and everything. And she's just amazing. And man, I, I just, I really don't have to do that much. Yeah. Just try to find some players to put on the field. <laughs> so what, what is the, the mindset change going from a manager or a GM to an owner? Well, I'm still going to manage the team. I'm still going to coach the team just because I wouldn't buy a baseball team and have somebody else coach them. Okay. Because I don't think that would fare well for whoever was coaching because I would try not to be too cynical, but I'm pretty sure I would be. Yeah, you like you like to still have that, that coaching, that control ability. I, I think it's just because I like being on the field. I love being around them guys. There's no better feeling than seeing a guy – struggling and, and and then you start helping him and you're working with him and then all of a sudden that light goes off in his head and he gets it and he starts getting better and he starts getting better. That's what fuels my fire, you know. And it's the same way with these interns. You know, they're going into sports. They're going in to try to be – I mean, some of them in marketing, some of them in sales, some of them in all kinds of stuff. Well, my ultimate goal is not for them to work for the Ruguru for the next 20 years. We want to try to get them to the next level, try to get them in pro sports uh, and get, you know, we're just a stepping stone. I tell everybody, I want the Baton Rouge Rougarou to be a place to hang your hat. If you're here for more than three or four years, there's a problem. 
You know, not that I don't love them, not that I don't want them here. Right. But there's way more bigger and better things out there yeah. for them. It's, it's not built to be a life a lifelong journey for those individuals. Right. Not for it's, the young kids. Yeah, it's, right. it's built for them to come in, become the best version of themselves they can while they're with you, and then move on to do Correct. something even better. Correct. And, and and I think, you know, Patty, that's what we, that's why we, in my opinion, so crucial. And I think we that's what we bring to Baton Rouge. I think that especially with the people that are supporting us. I mean, you know all of them. I mean, yeah. anywhere from Gordy Rush to Mockler to uh, – Man, just everybody. You, know, you got Dirk Lockhart out in Dental Springs. Um, I mean, I could go on and name just tons of people. <clears throat> but they want to see this thing work. And the, the way it's going to work is for the community to get behind it. I can tell you, <clears throat> we, we start opening up June 5th. And when they come out there, it's going to be exciting. It's not going to be your normal baseball. It's going to be it's going to be a baseball game going on in the middle of a club. You know, we, we want it to be exciting. It's entertainment. Yeah. And I played baseball. Baseball's boring. You know, but you got to we want the kids. We got fun jumps. We got, you know, water slides. We got you know, tons of games that the people are going to do on the field and music. And we got concerts that we play. We got Paris County line playing out there. Trey Galman's playing out there with the last call. I mean, we just got stuff going on. We, you know, we just want people to come check it out, bro. You know, come yeah. check it out. We're going to have a good time. And it, it sounds like, you know, the more and more that I'm listening to everything, it sounds like it's not just a baseball team. It's no. not just a summer league for kids to come and play. Yeah, I mean, like you said beforehand, y'all are so much in the community. You're building a community around baseball. Exactly. I mean, for example, one of the things that's my my project that I love more than anything I've done for years. So we teamed up with the Little League Challenger team in Walker, Louisiana. <clears throat> and uh, it's it's kids with, you know, disabilities, you know, it's Down syndrome, autism. So what we do is we raise money for them for their program and we bring them to the ballpark and they play us. Wow. Yeah. They play my boys before the game starts. They play at five o'clock and they hit and we play and we, they push them around the base. They run around the bases and, and they're smiling. They're happy. And when we, when we set it all up, they was telling us a story about a kid. He, his first words, he never said a word. His first word was on the baseball field. It was ball. Cause he was so excited about being there. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the kind of things that changed my life. And to see them kids, I think my players get more out of it than the Challenger League kids because if, you would, if we would all just look at life the way them kids look at it, we'd be in such a better place. And uh, it's just a great day. It's, uh, <clears throat> I think it's June 29th. And uh, they some good dudes. Them, them people miss – Man, Miss Teresa, Miss Tracy, and all them out there—they set that stuff up. And these kids, we we try to give them everything we can because they deserve it, man. They they just love life and they love playing, and the parents appreciate it. And, and it's just a great—it's a great, great day. And my goal for that day, I want to put fifteen hundred people in there at five o'clock to watch them little fellas play and the little ladies too, because they got some ladies out there to get Heck it. Heck yeah! But man, it's awesome. It's an awesome event. So, and, and where is that going to be? That's going to be at Pete Goldsby Field. Okay, and where is that at? Uh, by Memorial know. Stadium. Memorial Stadium. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And we're uh, we're also doing traveling baseball clinics this summer. Okay. So instead of having uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids, 13, 14, come to us, we're going to them. So we're going to Walker. We're going to Denham, trying to get one set up in Prairieville at, you know, the sport, their sports complexes. So the parents don't have to drive all the way into Baton Rouge for their kids to get a baseball clinic. So I'm going to bring all my players – to their little league place, and we're gonna give clinics for them. Yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah. that's just that's it's it that's Baton Rouge at the heart of it. We were trying to better the community one day at a time, one step at a time, one kid at a time. Right. And that's what you're gonna accomplish with the baseball team. Well, that's my goal, man. And I tell you, we got a lot of people on board and a lot of people helping. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do our best. That's for sure. I, I love it. I mean, it's like it's almost as if the kid, the players at the end of the se- at the end of the season for y'all, they're not walking away, you know, better players. Throughout the sport, they're walking away better humans. That's what I hope. You now you're built. You're building character within these kids. You're building. You're making these kids or these these young gentlemen come in and then leave better than they came. That's my plan. My plan is uh, hopefully the good Lord can help me lead them in the right direction, <laughs> teach them a little baseball. But main thing is when they leave here, I I, I hope they're better people. 
I love that. And so what is it like kind of running the baseball team as a business side of things? So we got the kids, but what from the business perspective, what has that shift kind of been like? Stressful. <laughs> you know, because you got you got so many people depending on you when it comes to, you know, payroll and, and uh, you know, kids, you know, that are sick and their mom's got to take off and – and then you got to step in and do that. And then, you know, you, these days you got social media and all that stuff. Thank God Sandy Gale knows how to do all that because I'd be in a bind. Um, it's just a lot of stress. You got so many people depending on you. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you got to put people in the stadium to, to make it. And uh, when you do, I'm, I guess I'm so fired up and I'm so excited about making it work, I'm a little afraid of it failing. And, but I don't believe it is. I believe that the community, just from what I've seen and 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 had happen in the community so far, I think it's gonna it's gonna take off. I mean, everybody knows anybody that knows anything about summer collegiate baseball. Ain't nobody getting rich. We just yeah. trying to change people's lives, and uh, so that's the biggest challenge for me. You know, I'm not very key on the computer, so. I'm not very good at that. But what I'm good at is just trying to get people motivated to get on the computer. 100%. So, uh, is that a bird? I think that's the back door is, is open or something. <laughs> or it's like cracked or I something. Like, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the biggest difference between being an owner and a manager. Yeah. I mean, just like when I own the restaurants and, and, and the food trucks, it's, it's the same thing. You know, you just want – you got to put a good team on the field. Same thing in coaching. If you own, if you put the right people in the right places, then you'll be successful, and I believe we've done that. That's right, Make, making sure that they are where they need to be. Exactly. Not just putting them there to put them there, right? Right, yeah, I mean, because I don't have to do it. I don't even have to know how to do it. But I need somebody that's good at it and knows how to do it. And uh, I think that's what we've done. You know, we got the GM we brought in, Chet Carey. He's been in uh, professional baseball for over 20 years. You know, he's uh, been in pro ball with the Astros and the uh, Texas Rangers and <clears throat> been in the minor leagues. And <clears throat> actually, I've worked with him, shoot, probably 10 years or so. So um, he's doing a great job, and, and our front office staff is great. And, and like I said, those interns, man, they're unbelievable. I know, man. You got you got comments flooding in on the Facebook Live, people saying, love you, bro, so good, honey, and all that kind of stuff, man. So you got <laughs> lots of love coming your way, Ricky. Well, man, I appreciate it. I tell you, they, uh, they, I couldn't be any more happier. I can tell you that right now. I've met some great people, some good friends. I mean, people just, like I say, they just taking us in with open arms. And, and I mean, shoot, we last weekend we was out there on – I don't even know what river that is, but – we was out there with uh, Derek Shipley and them barbecuing and bowling crawfish, and we had a big birthday party out there. And it, it was just supposed to start out like a few of us. Next thing you know, there's 50 people out there, and they're breaking <laughs> out the guitars and playing music. And I'm like, oh, my God. Turn into an event. Oh, it was an event, brother, let me tell you. So, it was, you know, when you see things like that and you see people that, you know, they, don't, they didn't have to do that, and they don't have to do those things. Or when you walk in the grocery store and somebody sees the Rougarou shirt and they say something, you know, then you know you, you kind of now okay now we're getting out there people starting to know about us and and uh, the biggest thing for me one day we went I went into a store and I seen somebody wearing one of our shirts and I was like oh god so that's what that feels like yeah you know before when I was just managing or I was just playing and I saw somebody wear one of the shirts that I played for our manager it wasn't no big deal but when you're the owner and you started it basically and then you're building it when you see somebody wear your shirt or your hat that that's cool stuff. Yeah, and I think that you know, as as any as any business owner, um, we got Amanda Howard saying, "Love you, big brother." Um, <laughs> but with as any business owner, it's when you when you have that first moment of seeing somebody who you don't know directly, whether it's repping your brand, supporting your product right. line, or coming out to the to the field. That moment of clarity of what I'm doing is right, right. Or what I'm doing, people can get behind is so powerful. Oh man, that. We had the meet and greet that you was at at walk-ons. Yeah, walk-ons, yeah. Oh, and walk-ons. I mean, walk-ons come on board and got involved. Like, they just jumped on there, and, and, and it just took off with us. And just good baseball people. You know, they get it. They were athletes. And and so we go over there, and then I started seeing these people show up that I've met a couple times at these golf tournaments. And and next thing you know, you see another guy. Show up. I said, where did I? Oh, I met him at this event, and then I met him – I mean, just for them to come support you when they they don't really know, but they they want to be a part of it. And I think people see when you're really humble and you're really trying to do something to help people. 
I think people recognize that. I think people can see fake. I think people know fake. Yeah. And I think people know people that have humble hearts and want to change people's lives. And, you know, I'm not doing nothing special that anybody else couldn't do. You know, I just, I just feel like the good Lord put me here to, to do this and, and to help these kids and to help the community, not just the kids that play for us. Right. But other people in the community, other, these other kids they, that, that need that. I'll tell you the truth. I got a call this morning from a guy that I played with back in 96, and he's, he's from Houston, Texas. He's got a kid that's sitting over there, great baseball player, no home, nowhere to go, and thought he could come play for me. And he, I was like, no, is he in college? He said, no, he graduates high school. I said, give me his SAT scores and uh, let me know what his grade point average is and we'll get him out of college. And he was like, really? Wow. I said, yeah, you send me that, we'll figure it out. <clears throat> Not because I can do that, but because somebody stepped up for him. And there's so many people that people won't put their name on or help anymore because people are so afraid of getting burned. Yeah. And that's just not me. And you, I mean, and you can take that kid and, you know, take him and say, hey, give this kid a shot, right? You can use the, you, then use your connections, your leveraging, and say, look, this kid came to me wanting to play ball. He can't without certain, you know, right. got to meet the credentials. Why don't you let him, let him try out, you know? Give, yeah. him a sh- give him a shot to come play for your team. Yeah, you, I mean, the thing about it is you can take a kid – that's hungry, and when I say hungry, that wants to learn baseball, wants to get out there, wants to get after it, and and he might – a prime example, myself. I mean, I went to Oak Hill High School. I graduated with 19 people. I mean, if I wouldn't if I wouldn't have had the right break along the way, I mean, nobody would have never seen me. I didn't go to a 5A school, you know, nothing like that, and then I went to a small college. And, uh, you know, I just happened to have the good games in front of the right people. And the right people stick their neck out for me and, and help me and be like, you know, give this kid a shot. He come up, you know, hard and, and poor and working, but he's a great kid. Come, from, You know, and, and they did. And I've always felt like I needed to repay that. And uh, so when I have people that call me, if you was to call me tomorrow and be like, hey, I got a, a kid that I know, I, that's all I need to know. Because my friends and the people I know, I trust their opinions. I trust their values. And uh, everybody needs a little help, man, including that's, myself sometimes. Yeah, 100%. And then it's also the, the willingness to help, right? I mean, that's when, that's when you start getting down to the nuts and bolts of what, who is Baton Rouge, what is right. Baton Rouge. It's people helping other people. 100%. Right? It's the best place. I've, I've li- I lived here from 2000, let me see, I retired in 2002. So I lived here in 2002 and 2003, and, of course, my job moved me away. Well, my son – moved down here and came and went to college at BRCC and played baseball there. And even after he left and went to the uh, LSUS up in Shreveport, he moved back here. And and now he works for uh, Ahern Reynolds, and he loves it here. He ain't moving. I don't care where I'm going. He told me straight up about four years ago, if I wanted to be with him, I need to figure out my, a way to get to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> and I laugh about it all the time. Uh, the good Lord brought me to Shreveport, and he brought me to Lafayette, and then somehow or another I ended up in Baton Rouge. And uh, so that's how good of a town this place is. You know, they it brought my son here for college, and he ain't leaving. They brought me back here, and, and the people here just, they're you know, they're good family folks. They love, they love family gatherings. They love good food. They love good music. Oh, they love good food. Yes. I mean, look at me, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm they put, might be able to get the skinny lens on, right? Yeah, and hopefully they're dimming this green shirt. But it's our new merch, you know, 2021, Summer League merch, you know, brrugaroo.com. Get on there, buy you some. I love it. Oh, we're going to link it all up. <laughs> we're going to link it all up in the show notes. So from a, from a player's perspective, what can they expect come and play for Rougarou? From a player's perspective, they're going to come play our actually our pitch our pitching coach actually has got some uh, played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, you know, I, I was in pro ball all them years. Our uh, one of my other owners, uh, James Ziegler, he uh, he's great. He coaches uh, out in uh, Arizona at a junior college. Um, good good young guy trying to you know trying to get his way, figure out his niche where he wants to go in life, and he's doing a great job. So the, I think the kids are going to come, and they're going to get old school, middle school, and new school. So uh-huh. I think they got – we even each other out. So um, I think they're going to learn how to play the game the right way, and I think they're going to learn how to how to take baseball into their life. And uh, 
realize how it feels to be treated like family when it's not really your family. So that's what I think the players will get out of it. And so what's kind of been y'all's, I guess, funnel to get players to come play for the team? What's been kind of the best way you found? Other players, players that's played for me before, you know, call them and, and see if they've had any players on their team that might be interested. And, and uh, me being a pro ball guy, you know, I really don't know too many college coaches. So calling my scouts and, and my friends that I played with, see if they knew had any connections in college. And, uh, and then it just started coming in and, and we got a kid here. And then, you know, I, I seen where uh, the kids at LSUE, I knew a couple of kids over there. So I called them and, and uh, that played for me a couple of years ago. And they, and they said, well, you know, Jace is from over there. I said, I'll take you. You know, I looked his numbers up, had a great high school career. Um, we signed the A-Bear kid that I think went to, is it a Catholic? Yeah, Catholic high. Um, and then basically then it started, you know, filtering in. Okay, so the Ruger's got a new owner. And, you know, like I said, players talk. And they started talking and started calling. And, and so coaches – scouts, players, but mainly, you know, players, you're just talking to other players. So when, when you're looking at these players and you're trying to make a decision on should we invite them or should we recruit them to come on the team, <clears throat> what kind of platform or tools are you using to look at their stats from previous years in high school and all that? Oh, so, you know, you can go on to Google and find anything. So <laughs> what I usually do, when I find a kid that I like, the first thing I do is, is I get a character reference. You know, I'll call his high school coach or I'll call his college coach. Me, You know, what kind of kid is he? Does he play hard? Does he, you know, is he respectful? Is he not a troublemaker? Does he, uh, you know, is he going to listen? Because, you know, we don't, we're only here two months. So I don't have four years to straighten, you know, to straighten a lot of that out. And uh, also because they're going to be in the community and we're trying to change the community. You know, not saying that – a a kid will ever mess up because it's going to happen. Not saying that I won't ever mess up. I'm yeah, not part of you. Yeah, we're happen. human. It's yeah. going to happen, you know. So that's the first step I take. And then, you know, and then I, I look and see what we need. You know, if it's – if we need a bullpen arm or if we need a, a second baseman, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll go on there and see what his batting average is. Uh, a lot of times I like to see how many times – I like – on base percentage, I like to make sure they, they're they going to get on base. I don't care if they get a hit or walk. If, if they on base, they can score. If they ain't on base, they can't score. That's right. It was, it was money ball. Was. Money ball, bro. Get, get money ball. Base. Yeah, got to yeah. get him on base. I don't care what he does, but does it get on base? <laughs> yeah, does on it base. get on base? <laughs> get on base. You, you can't score if you ain't on base. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so when it comes to that, if I'm looking for leadoff hitters, you know, two-hole hitters, when it comes to the big guys, you know, three, four, five-hole guys, you know, you just see – what their power numbers are. I'm not – I don't like guys that strike out a lot. I like guys that put the ball in play. Uh, and then when it comes to pitchers, I just want guys that throw strikes. You know, throw strikes, dude. Don't walk nobody. And and everything else to take care of it says – because it's a wood bat league. Okay. You know, these kids ain't never hit with a wood bat before in their life, hardly. So, most of them. I mean, in Arizona they hit with wood. But everything else they hit with aluminum. So, if you just throw strikes, the odds are in your favor. And so we try to make sure the guys throw strikes. Now we got we got some few projects this summer that we're going to have to teach some guys to get the ball over the plate. You know, play seventeen inches, so you got plenty of room to work with. Let's just get it over it. But uh, you know, that's how that's pretty much what I go on when I start recruiting. Is there any central platform or tool or hub with everyone's stats in it that you can access, or is that something that's missing right now? No, usually, uh, well, and for the summer league, you can go to Point Street, but. So usually what I'll do, I'll go like to – for junior colleges, there's a thing called JUCO baseball you can go on and you can pull up every junior college in the country. Uh, now, I'm sure my statisticians, <laughs> they probably got a better way to do yeah, it than they, I they, do. They, they use something a little different. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm old school. I'll go to LSU and I'll pull up LSU baseball schedule 2021 and I'll look and I'll look at all the players and then I'll go to Southeastern and then I'll go to Nickel State and then I'll go – so I'll look up all those – that's how I do it. It takes forever for me. Uh, if I look up a team, say, in Michigan, the first thing I look for is see if there's a kid on there from Louisiana. Like I said, because I want to bring them back home and give them a chance to play in front of their families. Right. And uh, But if that don't happen, we're just trying to find the best baseball players because at the end of the day, we want to win as well. You know, we want to we want to put a good product on the field. 100%. You know, and we want, we want our fans to come out there because, hey, it's Baton Rouge. You say what you want. We're good people. 
but we like to win. <laughs> and we, that we definitely like to win. We that definitely I, like to win. Yeah, that I promise. <laughs> so it's a lot of pressure just in that itself. Yeah. So um, kind of starting to get to the, to the end of the show, we have a set list of questions we like to ask people. All right. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm already probably know the answer to this question, but I got to ask it. Uh, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Run. <laughs> Run would be nice. So for, for those listening to this show, go check out the YouTube video or the Facebook video. Get some, get some perspective of the answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just run would be nice. You can get back there. I doubt it. I don't, I don't know. Too many knee surgeries, back surgeries. But uh, I don't know. I guess, all honesty, something I could do as a kid. <laughs> Run. Push up. Pull up. <laughs> be be agile. Be agile. Be, scratch my back would be <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, God, man, there's a lot of things I wish I could do now that I wish I could do as a kid. Oh, man, what a tough question. I mean, shoot, being being agile—that's a pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good ask. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'd be. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what are what are three lessons you've learned along the way? I mean, you've got a a vast career going from playing ball, collegiately, professionally, and then you've got you know restaurants you've opened Louisiana and, and the other LA, the Nana's, you know likable LA for us down here in the South, right? Yeah. And then now you've bought a t- baseball team, and now you're the owner. You know. So, what are three lessons you kind of learned throughout that? I'd probably, I'd probably say one is is uh, just like in baseball, just you got to have a uh, you got to have a, a forgetful memory. You gotta you gotta let let it go, and live for the moment. You know, it's not the it's not the it's not actually the thing that you're looking forward to, like the big events. It's the thing that happens around the events. It's yeah. the moments. It's the people you meet. Um, number two, it would probably go back into the, just the, the friends and the family members that, that are not blood family that are, that are, that you meet in so many different countries and, and, uh, states and, and stuff. And so learning to basically learning to treat everybody, no matter where they are from, you know, being from the South and going to California and going to, uh, Connecticut and then, you know, going to Dominican Republic, Mexico, you know, all those places, you don't realize how much you can truly love somebody, some other people until you get there and you meet them and you realize, you know, everything you've been taught your whole life isn't what it really is, I guess you'd say. Uh, and the number one lesson dude, is just always put God first and you'll be good. Yeah, he's got a, a magical way of yeah, he's, of he's, work, working right. our lives in a way that we don't, don't ever even see. 100%. You know, it, it, like you said, you – Thought you were getting somewhere when in one location you got moved to another location, started something else, and then finally making all those paths back to here to Baton Rouge. For sure, man. He he's got a game plan, and uh, as long as we stay out of the way, <laughs> life will be good. That's right. We are we're our, our biggest roadblock for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I know we we've had a lot of, of discussions throughout this whole episode about it, but what is something you love about Baton Rouge? The people. And not just the people, but how competitive they are and how how they hold you accountable. That's, yes. That's my thing. People can hold you accountable. Yes. If you say you're going to do something, do you better do it. If And if you can't do it, call them and say, hey, I thought I could do it and it's something happened, but I can't do it. And don't use no excuses. They don't like yeah, that just, shit. Just, just say you couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Be honest. Be upfront. Do what you say you're going to do, and I promise you, you'll never have a problem in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, th- I think that – that statement right there of just not making excuses. Like if you said you're going to do something and it doesn't matter the reason, it doesn't right. matter the why, if you can't do it, call them and let them know. Don't let it go by and then reach out to you say, Hey, how, how's this going? Well, right. I couldn't do it. Right. Now, if you know, if you know, it's not going to happen, let them know it's not going to happen way in advance. Yeah. So they can either make other plans or just know that that's not going to happen the way they want it to. Right. And just, that's the key with just be upfront with them. Cause they, like I say, they, uh, they're hardworking people, man. They, the people didn't just give the stuff to them. And, 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 uh, that's the biggest thing we do at the ballpark is, and I stay on my, my off front office staff, everybody, I stay on them. When you sell something, 
I need a contract. I need this. I want to know. I'm not worried about the money, but if we tell them we're going to do it, right? we're going to do it. Yeah. And that's just how I was raised, in which I was raised from people from the South, and and that's that's just what I believe in, and that's the way people are down here. You just And it should be that way everywhere. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. And 100%. if you can't do it, just, hey, be honest and be like, you know, I thought I could do it and I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope, hope that don't burn a bridge, but that's – it is what it is. Yeah, and most people will be understanding. 100%. Especially if you're upfront with them about it. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're course. not like, you know, if after what you were supposed to have done happens and it didn't happen, say, oh, I'll say it couldn't happen, X, Y, Z reason. If you say, look, can't do it before you know it's supposed to happen, they'll be okay, I understand. You well, it, the, the way I look at it, if you give – my daddy always told me this. If you give somebody your word, that's all a man's got. And if you have to break that word – and you be upfront with them and be honest, they might not like it, but they'll respect it. Yeah. And that's all you can ask. 100%. So, Ricky, what can I do to help, man? Man, you're doing it. You're doing it, Patty, bro. Patty G in the house. <laughs> you know, thanks for having us, man. This was awesome. I, we appreciate it. We look forward. Hopefully, you'll be there. You know, maybe we should have a, a live podcast at the ballpark for opening I, day. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we can do something like that. Yeah. Do, a little, do a little sports streaming, man. Yeah, now that you're a sports guy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. now that I know all about <laughs> sports. The show will consist of you screaming at them and me asking what just happened. Yeah, so don't hold nothing against me if y'all see me throwing some helmets or something you know, out on the field. That's really not me. That's just, It's the competitive nature of yes, us, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I get all that, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Big Rick, I really appreciate hey, it, Hey, bro, thanks for having us. Looking forward to the next one. That's it. I'm looking forward to seeing Rougarou play some games and win some games and bring home those rings, right? Hey. There are rings involved, 100%. Right? Okay, I wouldn't good. be doing it with no ring. I don't play right, for good. no T-shirt. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on. And thank you, everybody else, for whether you're here in person or you are listening or watching this. I really appreciate it, as well as the guests. Uh, you make this show happen. You make this show be what it is outside of the bird chirping noise in the background. <laughs> Um, and also a big shout out to our sponsors, Triton Stone Group. Y'all, they are a local family-owned, woman-run business that if you need any stone selection for renovation or building your new home, whatever the project may be, they've got it carefully curated in their shop. Give them a call in Baton Rouge or any other locations, depending on where you're at, and tell them Patty G sent you. And also to Falaya Real Estate, a local app developed here to help you better sell your home, cut out the middlemen, decrease those closing costs, decrease all those realtor fees and everything. And they'll also take good care of you. Look, give them a call. Give Garrett Barrett Blondo a call over at Falaya. Let them know Patty G sent you. And with that, y'all, this has been the latest rendition of the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G, here with Rick from Rougarou. Y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all in the next one.